times that we live in and the things that go around us and the people that are around us, it's really hard. I mean, especially the drivers. How many have been flipped off at all? I mean, I'm like, I haven't seen that for years. But um, <laughs> forgive me, that didn't sound too nice for a lady. But I mean, there are things out there nowadays that you didn't see maybe last year. And there are people angry. Just make sure you vote, please. Because um, if you ever felt that you need to get serious for God, now is the time. Amen. So let's turn to Psalms 50:23, and I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. We come boldly before your throne of grace. Your word says, Father God, that this word, this seed, will fall upon good ground, good soil, and it will bring forth a mighty harvest. Father, we prepare our hearts right now to receive your word. We prepare our hearts right now, Father God, to be doers of your word doers of your word and not hearers only. And God, I just give you the glory for the privilege of sitting here and teaching these people and, and being in this house this morning to worship you. You leave us astounded, God. God, I just thank you. I yield myself to you, spirit, soul, and body. And I thank you, God, that, Holy Spirit, you will teach through me. Amen. Psalms 50, 23. According to Whitney, that was the last scripture. Is that what you have? Anybody have anything different than that? That's what I have, but I wanted to make sure. Mm-hmm. Let's see, I'm going to see if you take notes. Laurel, thank you for this morning. That was, that was really great. I asked her to, um, after prayer, to share with us why she puts Ephesians 3.20 on everything. You know, if you get a note from Laurel or a thank you card or whatever, it'll say Ephesians 3.20. And so I wanted to know why she uses that scripture all the time. How many have a, a certain scripture that means a lot to you and you want to bless people with that? And when you write it down, you're, you're literally praying that over people. Mine is Psalms 100, well, there's two. I do Psalms 107, 19, and 20, and 3 John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. And that's what my prayer is for every one of us. So Psalms 50, 23. He who brings an offering of praise and thanksgiving honors and glorifies me, and he who orders his way aright. This part's really, especially in the days that we live in right now. He who orders his way aright, who prepares the way that I may show him, to him I will demonstrate the salvation of God. Now this it says in the King James, Whoso offereth praise, glorify me, and to him who ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. 
So whoso orders his conversation aright, I will show the salvation of God. That's heavy. So we are to, it says here, offereth praise and glorify God, and we are to order our conversation aright so he can show us the salvation of God or I will show the salvation of God. As I order my conversation right, I show the salvation of God. So what happens is when I put my conversation in agreement with his word, then he has to perform that word. And that's how powerful this is. Especially, like I said, in the times that we live in. Let's look at Psalms 34.1. This is... Um, Words that work wonders if you want to title this sermon. And we all know that words do work wonders. The Bible says we are snared by the words of our mouth. By our words we are justified and by our words we are condemned. So if you've got to thinking on every word you spoke yesterday or whenever, if all those were to come to pass, would the positive overpower the negative. So many times we wonder why things are happening to us. Well, I truly believe it's because of our words. The Bible says, out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaketh. And so there's got to be a heart change. And of course, that takes the word of God. And there's got to be a change up here. Our soul has to be washed by the water, the water of the word. And so, out of our, the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks. So let's look at this words of praise in Psalms 34.1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. When we get to that place, the little things of life will not bother us. You know, it's those little tiny things that seem to destroy everything. It's that one word, you know, if you're married, it's that one word that you know if you say it, it's going to cause problems, but sometimes you just, you know, I hate to say this, but so many times we utter it under our breath. Well, we're putting that out into the universe. You know, the Bible says where there's strife, there's every evil work. And the Bible talks about the murmurers and complainers. And so we need to be real careful what we say or what we, you know, if we think it, if we don't get that mess out of our minds, then we're going to end up saying it. So just kind of think about this for a little bit. Okay. We need to resolve to be a bold praiser from now on. Bold. You know, we had some powerful, powerful songs this morning. I love the one that about him astounding this. Make me astounded. That is so powerful. And he does. Constantly. He's constantly astounding us. It was amazing to me because Laurel handed out dictionaries or asked what they had on their cell phones. And everybody had, had something different. And it was so powerful. To think of God is, God cares about every little, every little thing in our life. Everything. Everything. 
So resolve to be a praiser. As a praiser, extol the Lord, not so much for his gifts, which you receive, but the mighty, the wonderful giver himself. Just wake up. You know, I love Laurel's childlike faith, like she shared. And it excites her to see this, the sunrise and excites her to see the birds outside. And, you know, how many get excited when you see the birds outside? I want you to honest. I mean, when you look at God's glory, I pre, you know I appreciate that, and because of that, when you keep that that I want to call it innocence, and it is you know when you 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 look at just God's goodness and His creation. Now, I remember I shared with you about the time we've had twice that the ducks have landed in the pool. I wasn't real happy about pooping ducks in my pool, I'll be honest with you, but, and I should have been. Pastor was all excited, and I'm like, get them out. Let out the dogs, you know. He had the, you know, he had, he had the best he, attitude. So we need to have words of edification and grace continually for one another, for those that we work with. You know, I, like, when you mentioned someone that bugged you in the children's church and doesn't anymore what God showed me was your attitude changed it wasn't them and so many times it's I'm telling on her but she shared with the early class and she you know she already shared you know sometimes some kids really bug us how many know I mean when I watch a kid throwing a fit in the store I'm like I want to whip them I, I honestly I want to whip that. May I whip your child? You know, can you imagine? Um, I want to take them and just tell the parent, you know, do you know what you're going to get later? You don't deal with this now. Do you know what you're going to have in a few years? You know, people think certain things are so cute. You know, we have a new puppy and he's doing some really cute things, but he's learned about toilet paper and how you can shred Kleenex and toilet paper and things. And uh, that makes a mess, so that's not cute. I mean, it's cute when he does it, but it's not cute. I had one buddy used to take the whole roll and run through the house with it. You know, he'd get a hold of a piece and take off, you know. And I could see in this one that he could do the same thing. That's not cute, okay? So we need to have words of edification and grace. We need to resolve to order our conversation right that no corrupt communication comes out of our mouth. Let's look at Ephesians 4.29. I mean, things little babies do are absolutely adorable, but when they're doing it at four and five, it's not cute. How many know that? If a parent asks you not to do something with their kid, please don't do it. I know it's really hard if, you know, if, if especially if you're a grandparent, because all you have to do, remember when my grandkids lived close, man, I could take them and bring them and spoil them and then take them home. And finally I thought, this isn't doing anybody any good. I remember when it was done to me. Let no foul or polluting language or evil word nor un 
unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others, as is fitting to the need and the occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace, God's favor to those who hear it. So when we're going to speak something out, we need to stop and think, is this word bringing God's favor to this situation or this person? That's a heavy thought. In the King James, it says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. You notice the very next verse says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Why would he put all this? I'm going to go up a little bit in this scripture. Why would he put all this right here in, with grieve not the Holy Spirit right smack dab in the middle of it? You ever wondered? Let's look at this a minute. Let's go up to um, 22. That you put off concerning the former com conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. So the old person that you used to be that had corrupt communication needs to be put away. It needs to go, leave. You know, I've heard people tell me, you know, I, I have a real hard time with still cussing since they were been saved. Now, that's something that left me immediately because I was worse than a sailor. And so that that's something that just left me. And I... I lost all my friends over it because they like to cuss too. And um, I tell them, you know, I, I can't stand hearing that anymore. And they just ran away. Anyway, so let's look at this. It says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So he's saying in the spirit of your mind, as it says in the, in the Amphite, and be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. So we need to have our minds constantly renewed. Constantly. He says constantly. To me, constantly means continual all the time. And so, and be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. Well, I don't, you know, I've heard people, I can't stand this job much longer. Do you know that if you speak those things, your days at work are going to become longer and longer and longer, and the fault finding will become longer, and I mean, it'll just go on and on. So you need to cut those things off at the root and say, no, I'm not going to have any part of this. Y'all getting something out of this? I think this could is for all of us. And 24, and that ye put on the new man. You notice he's telling us that we are to put on the new man. 
God's not going to come. We are born again in our spirit. But our flesh and our soul need to be renewed. Okay? So it says that we, us, each one of us, don't, you know, don't be looking to change the person next to you. You know, one time I said something to pastor and he looked at me and goes, you're not the Holy Ghost. I'm like, oh, great. Okay, and so it says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man, which after God is is created in righteousness and true holiness. Praise God. He says, and put on the new nature, the regenerate self created in God's image, God-like in true righteousness and holiness. So where to put this on? Amen? Amen. Whereby putting away lying, evil speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Therefore, rejecting all falsity and being done now with it, let everyone express the truth with his neighbor, for we are all parts of one body and members one of another. So he's talking here to the believer. You know, if you went and started telling a a non-believer this stuff, they'd look at you like you were insane. They, they are of their father, the devil. They're going to act like their father, the devil. Thank God we are no longer part of our father, the devil. We have a new father, and he is holy. Thank God. Now here comes another one. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. When angry, do not sin. Do not ever let your wrath, your exasperation, how many have been exasperated? Your fury or indignation lasts until the sun goes down. So don't sit there and watch the sun and wait till right about before it's going to go down to, to repent. Deal with it immediately. Immediately. I used to, you know, I won't go there. All right. 27, leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. So if we don't deal with these things, the above verses that we just read, we are leaving room or foothold for the devil and we're giving opportunity to him. I do not want to give any opportunity to the devil. That's like saying, well, come on. I'm giving you opportunity to have some control in my life. When you really think about this like that, it's disgusting. Because if you've ever seen a totally demon-possessed person or someone that's controlled by demons, it's not lovely. Okay, so we don't want to give any, any place, any opportunity for the enemy. Okay? Let him... St- that stole, steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good, that he may have 
to give to him that needeth. Let the thief steal no more, but rather let him be industrious, making an honest living with his own hands, so that he may be able to give to those in need. Let no foul or polluting language, 29, nor evil word or unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and beneficial and spiritual progress to others. So our words should constantly be bringing spiritual progress to others, be helping them along, be encouraging them, helping them to improve. I know sometimes we look at situations and circumstances and we think, is this ever going to change? Especially when you're raising kids, you know, and just, just things in life. As is fitting to the needs of the occasion so that it may be a blessing of others, so it may be a blessing and give grace, God's favor to those that hear it. We have the, we have the capacity to be a blessing and gives God's favor to others to hear what we have to say. Our words are important. Our words are so important. When we speak forth God's word, it is life-changing in our lives and in other people's lives. Praise God. Even if you're not with that person, what you speak over that person is so important. Words of bold authority overcoming Satan's power. And look at Revelations 12, 11. Get there. And they overcame him, him who? Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. They overcame him. It says in the Amplified, and they overcame, conquered him by means of the blood of the Lamb and by the utterance of their testimony, for they did not love and cling to life or the world, even when faced with death, holding their lives cheap till they had to die for their witnessing. We have Christians all over the world right now that are dying for, who, for Jesus Christ, that are hanging on to who they are in Jesus Christ, that are having their children shot in front of them, trying to get them to change their confession. This is how strong, church, we need to be in this hour. We have to be so very strong. All you have to do is look around. I mean, when you guys were out passing flyers last Saturday, Pastor was absolutely appalled at the college professors and the different colleges that were representative at Bernie's, whatever you want to call what he was doing. We, when we order our words to write, I mean, when I think about this, we have a socialist, may as well say communist, running for president. 
And how many people came to see him in Santa Maria? I wasn't happy that the guy was coming to, the, to our town. But the crowds that were there, how many flyers did you guys hand out? 750 last weekend and 1,000 yesterday. Yesterday, 1,000 and 750 last weekend. Praise God. Like Laurel said, there was somebody that in the natural she would have been afraid to go up and talk to. We don't have to be afraid of anybody. I'm going to tell you, the hardest cord people, they want to know the truth. No one told them the truth. I mean, no, you know, they, what they told me is you need to get saved. Saved from what? I mean, you need to tell people how. Praise God. We agree with God by speaking his word in all circumstances, all circumstances. When we order our words aright, God magnifies the benefits of his salvation. Look in Romans 10.10. 10. So we overcome Satan. I'm going to go back by the blood of the lamb and the word in our testimony. He cannot stand when a child of God stands up and starts confessing the word. Can't stand it. Because he had a very high place in heaven and now he's been defeated. For us, he's been defeated. Romans 10.10. 10. It's funny. Pastor prefers the King James and I prefer the Amplified. It's really funny. Okay, Romans 10.10. 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. You notice believing comes after saying. Believing comes after saying. You notice that? So you read something in the Bible, and you have to speak it forth. Jesus said, you have not because you've asked not. If you want things changed, take the scripture, get as many scriptures as you can find on that situation that'll back you and start confessing them. No matter, and I'll tell you, sometimes it looks worse. Because when you're confessing something and another person is involved, you've got the enemy that's trying to make them act up resist and fight and do everything they can against it. Before I got saved, I got worse. Pastor was praying. People were witnessing to me. I got worse. I didn't get better. I got worse before I got better. And then I got des desperate. And I'll tell you what brought me to Jesus. I don't know if I've ever shared this. I, I think I have. Pastor went, Matt was ill. Pastor went to work. I watched my child dying before me within three hours. He became like one of those kids that you see in Africa. And I didn't believe, I did not believe in God. I did not believe in God, that there was a God. And I, the prayer I prayed was, God, if you're real, heal this child. And I called up pastor and said, you better get home. At that time, he was working at the power plant. He came home and he later told me, I did not recognize my child, and I just left three hours before. But I had to come to the point where 
I had to confess and then God could take over. I pray to God that never gets to, I, I just people that are out there, I pray it never gets to that for them. That's why they need us sharing the gospel with them. So remember that when we make confession unto salvation, and this includes healing, deliverance, and every spiritual and physical blessing provided for us in Christ's atonement. So when we order our words aright, God manifests the benefits of his great salvation. So we're to order our conversation aright. Amen. If you do anything every morning, order your conversation aright. If you've been out in the world and you walk in the door, and Pastor and I have a thing and we've had it for years. If you come in and you have this attitude of where you've been, you know, trans it tries to transfer on you, we go out and get it off ourselves. We'll look at one another and say, you know, you need to take care of that. And we do it. You know, your flesh wants to get mad and say, oh, well, you just don't know. But you do it because you want peace in your life, in your home, and with everyone around you. Amen? At least I do. As confession always precedes possession, so, so does a wrong confession. A negative confession precedes the possession of wrong things. Our tongues used wrongly can cause us much trouble. How many realize that? You know, I've heard many people, they get a symptom and they start speaking cancer or whatever over their body. And I'm like, wait, hold your mouth. If number one, you're in fear, deal with the spirit of fear. And for your own sake, if you can't shake this thing off, get to a doctor and have it, have yourself checked. You say, well, do you believe in doctors? Well, yeah, Luke was a doctor and he ran around with Paul. My dad was a doctor, but you don't trust the doctor more than you do the word. But if you can't shake this thing off and you're operating in fear, then get it dealt with. Amen. I remember Ken Jr. We had a friend that was a good, had gone to Bible school actually with Ken Jr. that was at Rama with us and we were in the same class. And he and his son had been ill for a while and he called um, Pastor Ken and he said, what do I do? And he said, this is how I do it in my home. I pray for our child. Because his son, Craig, ended up with a brain tumor. Had he not taken him to the doctor, they had no idea. And, and the, he was healed that way. And he said, I pray. And if it doesn't go away within a certain amount of time, then I take them in and have them checked. That was wise wisdom and counsel to people going to Bible school that were learning on faith. There is faith, there's foolishness, and there's presumption. And you have to find out where a person is. Are you really in faith? Are you walking in total faith? Or are you presuming something? Or is this just, there are some people, I hate to say this, that are just foolish. And I won't, we won't go into that today, okay? So your tongue used wrongly can cause you much trouble. Look at Proverbs 21, 23. 
You know how in James it talks about the tongue? Everything else can be tamed but the tongue. That's why we need to put on Jesus. What did I say? Proverbs 21. I hope you're getting something out of this today. He who guards his mouth and keeps his tongue keeps himself from troubles. He who guards his mouth and, and his tongue keeps himself from troubles. It says in the King James, Whosoever keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul, his mind, will, emotion, and intellect from trouble. Troubles. It actually has an S on it. Now that's heavy. That scripture right there is worth more than a ton of gold for us. Because he who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from troubles. Then it goes on to say, Proud and haughty scorner is his name, who, de who dealeth in proud wrath. Wow. Listen to this. The proud and the haughty man, scoffer is his name, deals and acts with overbearing pride. This person is prideful and their, their tongue is constantly going on and they don't even realize it and they deal and act in overbearing pride. They're a controller. They want to control every situation. If they don't get their own way, they have a fit. How many have been around people like that? I want my own way and I'm going to get it one way or another. Look at Proverbs 6 too. Proverbs is a good book. You need to read it constantly. Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. It says in the Amplified, you are snared with the words of your lips and you are caught, caught by the speech of your mouth. So your words, you're taken and you're caught. That's heavy. Refuse to have a wrong confession. I've always said this to people. Don't concern yourself. I mean, keep praying. But until the person is dead and buried, it's not over. You know, many people have been risen from the dead. So don't give up. Don't give up no matter what. But that means we have to keep our confession straight. Remember that your words can work wonders. Therefore, speak words of praise, words of singing, words of faith in God's power, words of bold authority expelling Satan's power. We have the right because of Jesus Christ and the, the price he paid to expel Satan's power from situations. Truly, words 
are the coin of the kingdom and you can boldly speak words that will work wonders for you. His word was sent to work wonders. His word was sent to heal every, and deliver every, every situation. That's why I like Psalms 107, 19 and 20. They cried unto the Lord and he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all, all, all destruction. All. Now, last Wednesday night, we got home. Now, this is funny because, you know, dogs have their own language. I, I really believe it. We got home, and um, <laughs> Levi, I told Pastor when we left, and I, you know, I confessed it, so it's my fault. you got to bar that up a little better because this guy is an escape artist. And we came home, and Levi was out, but Benjamin was a very good boy and stayed where he was supposed to. But when we opened him, let him out of there, he would not shut up. He was, like, he was trying to tell us exactly what had gone on and that he was a good boy and he'd stayed behind the barrier. I'm like, oh man, you just... Praise God. It's like a woman. You sometimes just can't shut her up. Well, there's some men like that too, but you know. How many have noticed women that you want to talk about the same thing over and over. You want to, in other words, you want to get it off your chest. And men are not made that way. They want to hear it once, twice maybe. Three times you're pushing it. And that's why women need another woman to talk to so many times. Well, take it to God. It's easier. Okay. Words that justify and words that condemn. Matthew 12, 37. <laughs> I know there's been times when pastors said, you know, you've already told me about this and I've given you my answer on the situation or, or what I think will help. But you know how we women are. I don't think that's, that's it. Well, maybe I am. <laughs> In other words... I want to hear what I want to hear. <laughs> you want to, if you ever ask pastor something, he's going to tell you the truth on it. <laughs> he might not want to hear it, but he's going to tell you. So if you don't want to hear it, don't ask it. You can laugh, but it's the truth. Most men are that, most women are that way. Men have other things that they're thinking about. They're not thinking about the little, little nitty-picky stuff that we women do. Because we're constantly thinking of food, what to feed them, what to do, how to do this, you know, constantly. Okay. For thy words thou shalt be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. That is heavy. How many agree with me that that is very heavy? In the Amplified it says, For by your words you will be justified and acquitted, and by your words, you will be condemned and sentenced. Wow. I've got written in my Bible, every word should bring life. Every word. Look at Psalms 103.12. There is so much on confession Hey, do you think God's trying to get a, something through to us? How important our words are? 
Have you ever looked up hell and seen how many times that's mentioned in the Bible? A lot. Okay, Psalms 103.12. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Thank you, Jesus. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Don't bring them up. If you've asked forgiveness, if you're covered by the blood and you did something back there before you were born again, it is covered by the blood. Some people stay in bondage forever. And if they backslide, the enemy tries to keep them in bondage forever when they've come back to the Lord. Like, well, look at how bad you blew it. Well, look at, I'm covered by the blood. Amen? You are justified when you say, as God's word says, as far as the east is from the west. Just say it. Next time some thought of your past comes up, just tell him. My, con my transgressions have been removed from me. Get lost. But you are condemned if you say, the Lord holds the sins of my youth against me. I have heard people say that, and I want to slap them. No, he doesn't. He does not hold the sins of your youth against you if you are a born-again believer. He would be an unjust God if he did. The enemy keeps people in bondage from seeing themselves free. That is his one big desire is to keep you in bondage, or me in bondage, from seeing myself free. Or from seeing someone else free. Same thing. We do not have the right to keep another person in bondage and speak the words over them to keep and hold them in bondage. We don't have that right. We just, we don't, and we need to stop. Start confessing what you desire over that person. What, not even what you desire, what God desires. Hallelujah. Amen. In Psalm 91.10 it says, you are justified, as God's word says, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. How many speak that over your dwelling? I'm not having any plague in my house. You are condemned when we say, I'm afraid, I don't feel safe. God says that our dwelling is taken care of by him, and we're speaking, I don't feel safe. What was that scripture again, Dan? I should grab it off of there. Powerful. 1 John 4, 4. 
don't know about you, but this is exciting to me. This, I realize you've heard it before, but we need to hear it again. If you're not acting in it, then you need to hear it again. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. Amen. You are of God, little children. You are of God, little children. I'm saying this to every one of us. And have overcome them. Them who? Anybody want to tell me who the them is? Mike? In John 4, 4, you, you are of God, little children, and overcome them. Who is the them? If you have the Amplified, it will tell you. Little children, you are of God. You belong to him and have already defeated and overcome them, the agents of the Antichrist, because he who lives in you is greater, mightier than he who lives in the world. See yourself. You are of God. You have overcome because of Jesus Christ and the blood. All, the, all those that, that the enemy tries to send your way. But if the enemy can make you believe it and start speaking it forth, if he can get in here and start getting you to speak it forth that you're fearful or make you think that you have not become an overcomer, then he can hold you back. And this is why our confession is so important continually. You know, they call us the name it and claim it. Well, I don't know what, I don't know what else to call it because that's what the word of God says. Amen. You're either going to be speaking the word or you're going to speak, be speaking the, the truth or an untruth. There, there's no happy medium here, okay? So, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I've overcome them. I've already defeated. He's already defeated them because he has we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. He conquered, and we're more than the conqueror. Because there's more of us. <laughs> you ever thought of that? You know, we here are a family. You know, I'm, I might not have been your mother. I didn't, you know, have all of you. I probably could have most of you, except some are older than me, a few. Um, but... You have been adopted into a new family, which is an overcoming God. Jesus overcame the enemy. Having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. They've been triumphed. They've been defeated. It's a done deal. It's paid in full. Whenever the enemy tries to do, put something on you, remember, how many have ever paid off your house and then you get a paid in full stamp hallelujah or a car i hate car I hate car payments absolutely hate them and there's nothing greater when that thing is paid off or that house is paid off 
nothing greater. You can rejoice. You are justified when you say, as God's word says, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Mark 16, 18. interesting when we think about these things. What did I say, Mark 16? I got the wrong scripture. Wrong scripture. Oh, I'm in John. Sorry. Mark sixteen eighteen. Now listen to this, okay? I don't like snakes, but the Bible says let's 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 go up a little. And he said to them, Go into the world and preach. And publish openly the good news, the gospel, to every creature of the whole human race. He who believes, who adheres to it, and trusts in and relies on the gospel and him whom it, whom it sets forth and is baptized will be saved from the penalty of eternal death. But he who does not believe, who does not adhere to and trust in and rely on the gospel and him whom it sets forth will be condemned. And these attesting signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And even if the dead, if they drink anything deadly, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then the Lord, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven, and he sat down on the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord kept working with them and confirming the message by which attesting signs and miracles they closely accompanied it. When we speak the word of God forth, it comes to pass. It has to. Because he said it does. He's not a man that he should lie. He can't lie. One thing I'll tell you, God has never lied to me. Never, ever, ever. I can trust everything he says. Psalms 91, 16. And then we are going to close. Shocking, shocking. Is it sunny out there yet? Anybody know? There's no windows in here, so you can't tell. Can you imagine having a church right on the ocean? How many people would be staring out the window? I have to admit, I'd be one of them. How many have ever come down the grade, you know, from a Tascadero and down there? 
there's so many wrecks that go there because they're all gawking at the ocean like they've never seen it before. Get a whale out there and you'll really see people slowing down. 91.16. With long life, will I satisfy him and show him my salvation with long life. With long life. <clears throat> I'm going to go up a little, little bit to verse 11 and we'll end on this. Amen. Don't forget to vote Tuesday. For he will give his angels. He, actually, he will order his angels special charge over you to accompany and defend and preserve you in all your ways of obedience and service. He says, I am ordering my angels special charge over you. Think of that. You have angels all around you that have been given orders to take care of you, to preserve you in all your ways of obedience and service. They shall bear you up on their hands, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the adder and the young lion and the serpent shall you trample underfoot. Because he has sent his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he knows and understands my name. He has a personal knowledge of my mercy, love and kindness, trust and relies on me, knowing I will never forsake him, no never. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy and show my salvation to him. Thank you, Jesus. With long life, long life, as long as you want it, you know, with long life. But those angels, they have been commissioned. It says in the King James, for he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. So think about this this week, what we've shared. He will give his angels, order his angels, a special charge over you to, to accompany and defend and preserve you in all your ways of obedience and service. That's powerful. Everywhere you are, they're with you. They see you when you're sleeping. They know when you're awake. They know when you are good and bad. <laughs> but they're still there to protect you. You know, I always think about the two counterfeits that the enemy puts up at Christmas and Easter. The birth and the, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I think the stupid songs that are spoken and, and sung, you can turn it around and, and, you know, these angels are right there. When you're sleeping, you're awake. Everything you're doing, 
They're there to protect you. If, if we all knew how many accidents that we've been saved out of, we would be appalled. Seriously. Well, I'm going to pray for each one of us. See you Wednesday night. Have a blessed week if Jesus comes. I'll see you up there. Which I hope he does. I'd like to get out of this before this election. Vote, pray. Make sure your vote does count. Am I right? If you don't vote in the primary, you can't vote in the election. Is that still, is that still the way it goes? No. So you can vote in the election? Because it used to be the other way. You can tell how old I am. Paul, you would know. No, you don't know? Boy. Okay. Oh, I do. I, I remember. I remember. Okay. Father, I just praise you. And I give you glory and honor and power and praise that this week we, we will order our conversation right. Everything we've learned here today, God, I'm asking you by your Holy Spirit to put us in remembrance of it so there will be changes in our lives our lives depend upon our confession so many times we haven't realized it but our days depend on our confession so God I'm asking you to reveal to us how important our confession and to speak wisely and to speak your word over situations, how important that is to us. It's important to you, but it's so important for us. And so, God, I thank you that you have given your angels charge over us. And I thank you for divine protection to each one in this congregation. And I thank you, Father God, that you supernaturally bless them super abundantly above all that they can dare ask or think. And I praise you, Father, that your word said, Beloved, you wish above all things that each one of us prosper and be in health as our soul prospers. And as we go our way, God, that this be the best week we've ever had, the most prosperous week. Father God, that, that there will be people that unexpected finances will come into their hands and we just praise you for it divine health God that they walk in supernatural divine health and every thing they put their hand to will prosper and we give you praise and glory for it in Jesus name amen if someone